Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 3 of the Dugout Discussion Podcast. I'm Jack. I'm Max. And I'm Noah. And um, we're uploading this, well, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Normally we record on Sundays, but uh, yesterday was the trade deadline. Uh, and, you know, it didn't make much sense to just record right before it. So, um, But over the past week, um, players have been deciding to not play games. Um I think mostly on like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because of um, the issues with police brutality that have been going on in our country. And um, I can speak for the entire podcast when we say that we support that. We support the players' decisions. Um, you know, you may not you may not like them sitting out, but at the end of the day, you can't do anything about it. You just have to respect their decision to to uh, not play. And you know. Three of us, this podcast and the MLB, actually, we all stand against prejudice and racism across the country. Um, you guys got anything? I I don't, besides the fact that I, I respect the players' decisions. I understand why they chose uh, not to play, and I think I think it's uh, I think I think their decision was the right one. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Um. So that went a lot quicker than I thought. But but um, yesterday was the trade deadline. Um, and you guys remember last week when we recorded, we were saying like, yeah, not much is going to happen um, yeah. because of the pandemic and everything. And I think maybe the week that we or the day after we said that, like Taiwan Walker was traded to the Blue Jays. And I remember thinking like, yeah, that's going to be it. There might be one or two more moves, but that's it. But mm-hmm. um safe to say we were wrong we were yeah. wrong we were i was really wrong. wrong i i just thought i thought the reasons why the deadline wouldn't i thought the deadline was going to be dead and not very active because it's a 60 game season you're getting a much smaller sample size there's minor league players you're trading for that have not played at all this year which is a big question mark mm-hmm. um and it's just just a really weird year in general. So I did not think it was going to be as active as it was. I think it's safe to say that this was probably one of the more active uh, trade deadlines uh, that I can remember. Yeah. yeah, especially considering the current situation. It seemed actually pretty active. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know how many deals there were, but I'm probably going to guess around two or two two dozen maybe around 30. Um, obviously, the big one is, well, the big team is obviously the San Diego Padres. Um, yeah, brought in a lot of players. Yeah, I, I saw something. I think I saw the Padres added like six or seven major leaguers in like a 48-hour period, which is just crazy. But, I'll um, list them off to you right now. Yeah, let, let's okay. hear it. So the Padres acquired uh, Trevor Rosenthal, right-handed pitcher from the Royals. Then they also acquired Mitch Moreland from the Red Sox for his baseman. They went on and made a big trade with the Mariners, which in which they acquired Austin Nola, who's a catcher, first baseman, um, Dan Altavilla, who's a right-handed pitcher, and Austin Adams, who's a right-handed pitcher that's currently on the injured list. Um, they also nabbed Jason Castro, who's uh, the cat, one of the catchers for the Angels, mm-hmm. and one of the bigger one of the bigger names they got was Mike Clevenger from 
from the Indians. And in that same trade, they got Greg Allen, who's an outfielder for Cleveland as well. And then they made another trade with the Mariners and uh, got right-handed pitcher Taylor Williams. And all of these players that they've acquired in numerous different trades and deals are major leaguers. And they Yeah, they're all, solid players. Yeah, they're all solid players with uh, major league experience. I think their intentions um, for these moves were clear that they're trying to build a World Series team. Uh, what do you what do you guys think? Where where do you think the Padres are at right now? Do you think they're do you think they're going to be competing with the Dodgers for the division? Do you think they're going to be competing for the for the World Series and the playoffs? Like how far do you think this team's going to go now that they're they're kind of set for the rest of the season? <sighs> I th- I think they're definitely putting off to way more of a fight. I think that Mike Clevenger move was one of the biggest. I wouldn't say steals, but like deals we've seen in the past couple of years. And I think, I mean, to my knowledge, I don't need to think of, I don't think of any like notable pitcher from the Padres. So they obviously were picking up pieces that were necessary. So, I mean, if they think it's the right move, I can only imagine that they are going to be competing with the, the Dodgers now. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm on the fence because like this, uh, without a doubt, this puts them in the postseason guaranteed um especially with the expanded postseason but if we were still in like a normal like year you know where there are five teams from each league made it um they'd probably be absolutely be guaranteed a a wild card spot um i'm not i'm i just i the dodgers are just a powerhouse you know i it's tough it's tough to really get on their level there's a lot you can do, but I just don't know if they're there. They're close. They're definitely close. And in in terms of power rankings, I'd probably, you know, the Dodgers are obviously number one. I'd probably put the Padres around like four or five. Um, and I I like the moves that they made a lot. Actually, I like the the the, the Clevenger trade was a nine player deal, um, and they got they got. They had to get rid of uh, some pitching, some pitching prospects for it. Um, but and the same with the Mariners. That Mariners actually kind of fleeced them, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but that that I really like that Mike Clevenger deal, um, and I really like. I think Trevor Rosenthal is going to be helpful too because they do not have a good bullpen. Um, reliable, really. Yeah, but I. I like that deal. I mean, Clevenger's a really good pitcher. He's kind of an oddball, um, yeah, but true. he he's you know he's always types it with those weird fonts on Instagram or whatever. But he unconventional pitching style. Yeah, he does have kind of a weird weird pitching style, but he's good. I mean, he's lowest ERA by AL starter since 2017. Only Justin Verlander has a lower ERA than Mike Clevenger among mm-hmm. American League starters, and that's that's saying something, you know. So he's. Yeah. It's a good deal for the Padres, and, and I, I like, I like the deal. I like their, uh, their direction they're going. You know, we talked for years about how they're tearing it down and rebuilding, and you know, they're, they're really going for it this season, and I like that. Yeah, I like, I like the direction the Padres are heading into. Uh, they've yeah. been slowly acquiring veteran pieces to mix with their young prospects that are coming up, uh, and the likes of signing Manny Machado and uh, yeah. Eric Hosmer. To really shore up that infield, they're they're I, the, I think it's safe to say that the Padres have the best infield in baseball. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. That, 
that middle infield is absolutely insane with Cronenworth and Tatis at second base and shortstop, respectively. Both of them are in the runnings for, well, Tatis is probably going to win MVP, and Cronenworth is on his way to Rookie of the Year in the National League. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Eric Hosmer, who's been having a great season, um, offensively and defensively. And then there's Manny Machado, who's just yeah. being Manny Machado yeah. right now, who just won uh, the National League Player of the Week. In the past two weeks, Machado's hit 463 with six homers, 16 RBIs, and a 1,400 OPS. 16 RBIs? Yeesh. 1,400 OPS. Can you believe that? That man's been active. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Um, they're also, they made that deal with the, with the Mariners for Austin Nola, who, and I don't know if, you know, he's not a, he's not a household name by any means. I mean, people know who Aaron Nola is more than Austin Nola, but, um, they're brothers. brothers, Yeah. Austin Nola is his older brother, but Austin Nola is a very good player that they swung from the Mariners. He's a very good player. He came up last year as a 29 year old rookie and all he's done is hit. That's all he's done. Yeah. And he's a guy who's very versatile. He's a, you know, as a Mariner fan, it's tough to see him go, but the Padres are getting a really good player. Um, I remember looking at the Padres lineup yesterday, and they had like I think two hitters with OPSs under 800 or something. It was just it's crazy. So they're they're in the they're in the driver's seat right now. They're they're cooking. Yeah, I definitely think the Padres' goal right now is to stock up their team as much as possible. I think they're the one downfall for them in the postseason right now, I think is going to be their bullpen. I mm-hmm. still don't, I think, I think they addressed it as best. I, I don't, I, I feel like they could have addressed their bullpen better than they did. I'm just going to say it. I think their, their trade with the Mariners was really where they acquired most of their pitching. Obviously they got Trevor Rosenthal. who's going to help shore up that back end. Um, but then they traded for Dan Altavilla, who's definitely got some upside, uh, to him and I've seen a bunch of him just from watching the Mariners for the last several years so I know what he's about I just think the Padres probably could have afforded a a more relief a, a better reliever for what they paid for in that deal with the Mariners for Austin Ola, Daniel Tavilla and Austin Adams um, I feel like they probably could have and should have added another impact arm right now because Austin Adams that they got in the deal with the Mariners is hurt and won't be back this year yeah, uh, I think if they're really pushing for a World Series right now, they 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 could have they could have addressed their bullpen a little more because I that is definitely the most important position in the postseason. Yeah, is uh, how many arm how many reliable arms do you have that you can go to? Because in the postseason, your your rotation really shrinks. Your rotation really goes to about four main guys. Three maybe you need three guys who can get you, get you through six seven innings, um, and then it's all about your bullpen and how 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 well your bullpen could be, how consistent your bullpen can be, and uh, obviously um, how many runs they can save you for your offense. But obviously that lineup is absolutely stacked, um, probably the best lineup in baseball right now. Yep. Um, so I guess I guess really the question for the Padres is how I think I think the Padres will go as far into the postseason as their offense can take them. 
Yeah. Um, speaking of teams that that you know, speaking of the postseason, um, the Toronto Blue Jays are are uh, really rolling the dice here, and they're going to make a push for the postseason as well. Um, they made right, a few moves over the week. Yeah, um, they traded for Taiwan Walker a, f- a few days ago, and then yesterday they traded for um, Robbie Ray, the left-handed Robbie Ray from the Diamondbacks, um, Ross Stripling from the Dodgers, and I guess you could say, oh yeah, and Jonathan VR, speedy utility man from the from Orioles. the Marlins, right. or Orioles oh, now Marlins. Oh, yeah, but um. I think the Blue Jays did a really good job yesterday. Um, it's it's you know they're still developing as a team, so I don't think if they do make the postseason, they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna make it very far, but um, um, yeah, they did a good job there. Um, you guys got anything you want to say about that? Um, I'd say that I, I like the Jonathan VR pick. I think he's always been such a great utility player, and also just puts up numbers for no matter what team he's on, even though he's mainly like really shitty teams. Like he was yeah. like the best player on the Orioles last year, or close to it, like under behind Trey Mancini, or yeah. And like, I don't, I don't know if this is like a valid question or not. But do you think they're rushing in a sense? Like, why are they rushing for a postseason spot this year? Like, I feel like continue the the rebuild for the the year or two you have left, and then push for a postseason. I'm not sure if this is really breaking the bank for them, but still, like, maybe take the time instead of going for it now. Yeah, I'm. I sort of agree with you there. Um, you know, they're a very young team, um, mm-hmm. and so that's why I like bringing it's in those great. veteran pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you got Vladdy Guerrero. He's not. He's not entirely there yet. Bo Bichette was doing well, but then he got hurt. Um, you know, I, I, I just kind of stand by what I said. You know, if they do make the playoffs, they're not going deep. There's no way. Exactly. So that's why I, I like that. Um, you know, I think it's a bit of a surprise to everyone, and that's why I like that um, the fact that they added some veteran pitchers because, you know, that's just that's just the way to go about these things. And so I, I like I like the moves, but I don't I don't know if it's really going to change much in the long in the grand scheme of things. So I think I like that the Blue Jays were active in this trade deadline, um, and I like that they picked up Robbie Ray and Jonathan VR, but I don't know that those acquisitions make a lot of sense to me. Both of those uh, players are going to be free agents in 2021, so it's more of a rental. True. Um, yeah, it, it, they they both are rentals, and I don't I don't think that the Blue Jays are really in a position to be um, acquiring rentals and giving up uh, farm system capital for them when they're uh, in third place in the AL East, which is really they're in line for the wild card spot, but. I really wouldn't be making moves to acquire those pieces as a as a rental um, unless you're really trying to get deep into the postseason. And I feel like I feel like the the Blue Jays are like one more year out. I think this offseason they need to they need to address pitching, and I think they do need to get a they do need to shore up that infield a little more. They tried to do that. Maybe they'll extend Jonathan VR. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe it's not a rental with him. Um, yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. I think. I think really this off season is where you're going to see the the Blue Jays making moves, 
uh, to be big contenders next year. Because that AL East is stacked. The Yankees yeah. are obviously good. The the Rays, we should talk about we should honestly take a few minutes to talk about the Rays. The Rays are in first place in the East. They've won their last six in a row and they have a four and a half game lead on the Yankees. Yeah, they're they're doing they're making moves. I don't know if they were super active in the trade deadline, but they're you know, the Yankees are slumping right now too, so a month left into the season, it's gonna be interesting to see how that ends up. Uh, you know how that finishes up because the Rays are playing really well right now. Yeah, and I I don't think I I don't I don't know if you guys actually heard about this, but I saw this on Twitter last night while we're talking about the Rays. John mm-hmm. Boyd tweeted um, a video of Garrett Cole's post game interview after his start yesterday. Um, he kind of struggled in his start. He went five innings. He gave up eight hits, four runs, all of them earned, four walks as well, with seven strikeouts and two home runs. Uh, so kind of struggled. He's not really having a Cy Young type year right now. He's he's got a three point nine ERA, which really isn't bad, but um, it's not it's not what we're used to seeing from Garrett Cole. Yeah. In his post game interview, he said that he thinks he might be tipping pitches because he was he was basically saying how the Rays looked like they just knew what was coming every time he threw the baseball. Um, On it. He said I, he couldn't tell if it was a, a mixture of bad luck or uh, the, the the Rays hitters just being smart or if he's tipping his pitches or a little bit of all three of those things. Um, so I thought that was interesting to note, him coming from the Astros last year who uh, stole signs and then him. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. I just thought that was an interesting correlation. Yeah, um, it's a possibility. We're, we'll have to keep looking in, I guess. Yeah, keep an eye on. But yeah, so yeah, the Rays have been killing the Yankees. The they they won five three yesterday and to extend their lead in the division. They've won their last six in a row. Um, the Rays are really looking like a World Series team right now to me. They're being uh, led by that uh, Brandon Lowe. Their yeah, second yeah. baseman, he's going off. Exactly. Like he's he's got he's hit ten homers, two seventy three average. He's driven in twenty seven runs. He's got an OPS of nearly a thousand. He's going off. And their pitching is just disgusting. Their bullpen yeah. is amazing. Yeah. True, Tyler Glasnow. Tyler Glasnow. Uh, I know that there's Nick Anderson. I believe is a relief pitcher for them. He's. One and zero in eleven games hasn't given up a run. It's just, it's crazy that the Rays are doing really well, and you know I think that's good to see for baseball fans because they're a low budget team. You know they're like the, I'd say a fair comparison for them is the Athletics of the of the East Coast. Um, yeah, and you know that I think it's good for baseball. You, you look at the Rays, you can tell they're having a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, it's. Just keep rooting for him, I guess. Yeah. I, just a quick comment. I, I was looking at the, the standings. How are the Rangers and the Angels doing worse than the Mariners? Can someone explain that part to me? Uh, I, I have no idea. I Yeah, we were texting about this the other day. We were – I have no clue. <laughs> I just don't know. It's just sad, like, bro. Like, <laughs> we should also talk about how disappointing the Angels have been this year. Like, I think we addressed it last time, but <laughs> – 
like yeah. you know what's you know, you know what's even two of probably the top five players in baseball, yeah. uh, and Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout, and then yeah. they have Shohei Otani who could who should be like a top ten to twenty player in Major League yeah. Baseball. And you got David Fletcher. He's having a horrible season. Uh, Otani's doing terribly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then they have Pujols, who's uh, ancient uh, <laughs> and can't even get down to first base. So I, I don't know. I don't know what the Angels are doing. And and it's even more uh, upsetting is they're clearly not making the postseason this year. You have a guy, Dylan Bundy, who's done really well for you this year. And they don't do anything. They don't sell. They make. They don't do squat for the trade deadline. That's what's disappointing to me for the with, with the Angels is they. What the hell are they doing? You know they underperform every year. You think that they'd sell or something? Get Trout off that team. Do you have any idea what you would bring back for Mike Trout? The 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 return would be literally. You can take. You know I. I can't even I can't even speak. That's how that's how big the return would be, you know? You, you would take you back get the any entire Dodgers farm system for Mike Trout. Yeah. You and could literally Dodgers trade Trout, Cody Bellinger the Dodgers for Mike consistently Trout. They have one of the best farm systems in baseball. The best farm system in baseball right now is are the Rays. You could you could trade for the entire Rays farm system for Mike Trout. I think I would literally part- I would literally trade Cody Bellinger and Dustin May for Mike Trout. That's literally what I would do. And maybe even Walker Bueller. Like the 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 point is, so you you have this guy with so much value on your team, and you're just gonna do nothing and let him waste his career with you. Like that's just sad, you know. It's just sad. Yeah, true. And as uh, a Mariners fan, you, I've seen the Mariners waste careers of Ichiro and Felix, respectively. And I don't like the term "wasting careers" just as a fan of those players and of of the team, but. They really did. They could have gotten value for those players, and they could have put those players in positions to win. Yeah. Um, while while putting them their own organization in a position to win too. The the Rangers being bad doesn't shock me. I think the Rangers being as bad as they are right now is really what shocks me. And the Rangers yeah. didn't trade Lynn. They didn't trade Lynn, and there was rumors of them trading Gallo. Gallo doesn't make much sense to me, but they did nothing with Lance Lynn. Imagine you know, if the Padres picked him up too. That'd be crazy. You know, I'm yeah. thinking about it now, and some of the teams that probably should have sold and decided not to, like the Rangers, um, like the Giants, probably, like the Angels, uh, and Mets. probably some other teams you can list too. I think those teams didn't sell because of the reason we thought that the deadline was going to be not active this year. And that oh, it's a sixty-game year. We'll, we'll we'll reevaluate at the end of the year or when we start next season. Up. Yeah. It's Another surprise is uh, actually I'm not too surprised about this. We've kind of briefly touched on this a few times over the past couple months, but the the Nationals are in last place in the NL East. They're twelve, hey, not playing well. And yeah. not very good either. Like I mean, second place in that division are are the Marlins, who are fifteen and fifteen. And yeah, um, how many times have we seen that going from winning the World Series to going one year to 
last place first the next year? Yeah, literally first to worst. I mean, how when, how many times have we seen that? You know. So the the only other time I can think of is the the Giants took a really steep drop off basically after all of their World Series, but I specifically remember them going from first to worst from 2012 winning the World Series to 2013 finishing like 25 games under 500. Yeah. Should we, should we talk about this one thing though? How are the Phillies that I feel like the Phillies should be like 25 and 10 right now? Like, I feel like they're always underperforming, kind of like the Angels. Maybe that's just me, but I mean, their team is good. They should be performing way better, in my opinion. Yeah. The, um, Phillies have, the Phillies have a problem of giving big contracts to players. Uh, they have, they have uh, Bryce Harper on that massive deal. <laughs> that, that's Mega paying three hundred thirty million. That's paying yeah, off really, for them, though. Bryce Harper's yeah. doing really well this season. Yeah, Bryce Harper's having an amazing year. He's going to get some MVP votes. I don't think he'll win MVP. I don't think he is the MVP, but he'll probably get some votes. Um, they have J. Do they? Yeah, JT Romero on their team still, right? Yeah, they have Didi Gregorius, Reese Hoskins. And I, I feel like really the problem with the, the Phillies right now is their pitching needs to be addressed. I mean, did, you're not they, wrong. They signed uh, David, or they traded for David Phelps uh, yesterday. Um, but, yeah, but, yeah, but I think it's actually a smart move for them, for where yeah, they're at. Like, trading for a, for a team that's already middle of kind of middle of the road, but still in contention for a playoff spot because of the expanded postseason, trading for a, a, a David Phelps who's uh, got a career of being who of having high upside. Uh, I think that's a smart move for them. Yeah. 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 But, uh, uh, Another move that I liked was uh, uh, Archie Bradley, you know, who hit the triple yes. a few years ago, uh, was Great traded to the Cincinnati problem. Reds. Great pickup, for, especially for the Reds, just considering their situation. I feel like they needed, like, a relief pitcher, and they got one. Yeah. Um, the Reds are 15-20 and 20 right now, so they're kind of in that striking distance. Right, Jesus, right now they're losing 13-1, to 1, but... Um, <laughs> but, but uh, but yeah, I mean the Reds are in, you know, still within striking distance. Um, Starling Marte was traded to the Miami Marlins. Um, a little confusing to me as to why you would trade VR, but then pick up Marte. Marte, yeah. Um, but you know, I'm. I guess I like the move. I guess I don't know much about it, but I know Starling Marte is a really quality player. Yeah. Um. Kevin Pillar was traded to the Colorado Rockies. Um, looking at yeah, the Rockies remember, right now. The Rockies are crashing down back to earth. They're a game under 500 right now, which I'm sure we all saw. But um, that's a good move for them, I think. Um, Jackie, you got anything to say? Oh, I was just going to say, I remember seeing that Pilar was on the Red Sox this year. and I think I sent it to you. I was like, this was, when did this happen? It didn't seem like that was a good fit for him at all. So, I, I mean, personally, or just like for his sake, I think Rockies is a better fit for him. And I think he'll probably perform better. Maybe that's just me. But yeah, um, I think uh, I I like where the Rockies are. Um, I think they're 
you know they're really fighting for that last spot in the um in the NL playoffs. But um, mm-hmm. the Mets traded for Todd Frazier, which um really confused me. Um, yeah, I don't know what the Mets are doing. <laughs> no one knows, bro. What are you talking I, about? I Todd Frazier's just getting thrown around, and the Mets are like, "Yeah, we'll take him." Didn't they I, I just, two years ago? Or no, that's yeah. the Yankees, right? Yeah, he was just on the Mets, and the Mets fans hated him. Yo, what? I I I just I don't know what the Mets are doing. Yeah, They're, what are they? Fifteen and twenty. Uh, yeah. and and it's different because you know I just said that the Reds are are fifteen and twenty, so they're um. Yeah, they're in striking distance. They are in the NL Central, but the Mets are fourth in the NL East. They are losing right now to the Baltimore Orioles. It's the Mets. I, I, you guys know I love to rag on the Mets, and I just don't know what they're doing at this point. I just don't know. Just sell the team. I just don't get it. There's a handful of teams in Major League Baseball that I just think have absolutely no direction right now. I'd yeah. say the Mets are part of that group. Angels, the, the Brewers, Mets and Angels lead that lead that category. because they get hurt every year. Yeah. Except, um, yeah. The Brewers another, are there too. Another yeah, what's up? Playoff race that we should touch on is the the AL Central. Yeah, um, that is all, arguably the most stacked division right now. Minnesota was in Whoa, first place and, a few days ago, but they're on a six-game losing streak, so they fell down to third place. Still two and a half back of the White Sox, who have been on fire this last month. And Cleveland just has... Cleveland just stays competitive. I don't know how they do it. They just breed pitchers. They're always playing well. Did that? That is all Terry Francona, their, their manager, I think. But they're always yeah. putting themselves in a position to contend. You know, you said that it's the most competitive division in baseball. My first instinct was to say, no, it's not. It's the AL Central. Because remember like a year or two ago when it was just the Indians? Mm-hmm. That was it. And then now you got the White Sox who have rebuilt it beautifully. I mean, everything is going well for them. Um, then the Twins are still right in the thick of it. Um, Donaldson's hurt, which sucks, but you know they're still hitting home runs. The Tigers are 500 right now, which is obviously not sustainable. But, but you know, you got a solid four-team race right there over the first half of the season. The Royals are gone, but we we were expecting that. But we're really expecting yeah. the Tigers. Yeah, uh, but the yeah, you said the White Sox are playing really well, and they are. I mean, Jose I mean, Abreu is up there in home runs. Luis Roberts playing really well. Um, Obviously, Lucas Giolito threw a no hitter the day after we recorded. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I uh, last week, which that was a that was a great game. I remember I, I watched I watched the last the uh, the ninth inning of that and that line drive to right. I thought, yeah. oh crap, he lost it with two outs and two strikes. But right fielder made a great play and he got it. Um, but yeah, the White yeah. Sox are playing really well. Not only are they playing, not only are they just playing well, but they're. They've really just put themselves in a position to succeed this year uh, and in the future. All of their young stars are locked up for the next half dozen years. Um, I remember when they were making moves over the offseason, we were talking about how this team is going to be one of the ones you need to watch because this is the year the White Sox are going to start to contend. Uh, like when they added Dallas Keuchel, that, was a, that so far has been working out to be a really great move for them. 
He's five and two with a two seven ERA, um, uh, with over forty innings pitched. He's been a rock for them, and it's going to be really interesting to see how how far this White Sox team is going to be able to go. Yeah, uh, right now they're leading that division. Um, like you said, it's going to be interesting. Um, so with that being said, I think that really covers up the trade deadline for us. Um, mm-hmm. Not much else needs to be said. And just repeating what I said earlier, I mean, this is crazy. It felt like there were moves left, right, and center, and I thought there'd maybe be like five total. Uh, yeah. But we all thought that. But, you know, it was packed, and I don't think there's any team walking out of this um you know scratching their head thinking oh my god we did such a bad job i think everybody did what they needed to do or everybody sorry everybody that participated did what they did and what they needed to do um obviously some teams didn't do squat but yeah that could have been because the game season is 60 games but um i guess transitioning over to a more fun part uh the all-star game would have been right around this or yeah, right around this time, um, if this were a full season, you know, right near the mm-hmm. trade deadline. Um, so, yeah, I, we thought it would be fun to come up with, with All-Stars um, for the AL and the NL. So um, there's obviously going to be names that we all pick, but um, you guys want to start with the AL or the NL? I say we start uh, with the American League. American League? All right. Um, who is going to be, well, you want to start with, with the pitcher? Cause we all, we all know who's going to be the pitcher. Yeah. Shane, Shane Bieber, Shane Bieber of the Cleveland Indians. Uh, he's, I can pull up his stats, uh, but he's, he's been crazy. I think he, he leads in almost everything. Uh, he's, his 2.7 war in eight games pitched. He's 6-0 and with a 1.2 ERA. Struck out 84 guys in 53 innings. Has a whip of .8. Like he, he, that's Cy Young. That's maybe even MVP, but that's Cy Young. Uh, you guys got anything you want to say on him? He's been striking everybody out. He's been the ace for the Indians. and he's. It'll be great to see him in the postseason. Yeah. Um, moving on to Kesher. Um, what do we? What do? Who do we think deserves to catch for the American League in the in the All Star game? That's a good question, actually. It's um, a great question. I mean, at least over the last month, even though he just got traded to the Padres, the only guy I can think of is Austin Nola, who's been for the Mariners a rock behind the plate and been hitting over 300 he's been hitting for power too with a few bombs and he's hitting double he's getting on base uh he also just won the american league uh catcher of the month for team of the month mm-hmm. um, so that that's really where my head goes i don't know about you guys i mean i was thinking of austin can... nola mm-hmm. but i was i was looking at pedro severino of the orioles um, he's hitting 309, uh, and this is really his, his breakout season. Um, uh, but I'd probably have to go with Nola too. 
uh, because of how well he's been playing this season. I mean, he's versatile. He doesn't just play. He doesn't just catch. He plays all around the infield. Um, I also so see I, Gary. I'm oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. My bad. I, you're good. Um, but right. my 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 bet goes. My nod goes to Austin Nola as well. Yeah, I think that's a fair fair pick. But you could also go with uh, Gary Sanchez, right? I mean, I don't think you're counting him out at any dogfight for uh, catcher. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I'm looking at his stats right now, and they are not good. Are they not? <laughs> yeah, it's actually. Yeah, that that those are those are not good. Um, Gary, do better. Uh, um, you guys want to move over to first base? Yeah, I'll stay with the Yankees actually, and I'll I'll put a, I'll put Luke Voigt for my vote. At first base, he's in three eleven. He's got thirteen home runs and twenty six RBI. He's no yeah. defensive. Probably not lighting up the board with any defensive metrics. He's not a super athletic guy, but he's been playing really well. He's got an OPS of over a thousand. Um, I, my vote would go to Luke Voigt. Yeah, me too. Uh, staying in the infield, I'll go to second base. Um. Totally off the top of my head, I'd probably go Brandon Lowe. Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, true, because he's carrying the, the Rays right he's now. He's carrying the Rays. He's doing everything for him. Yeah, just what you said earlier. He's carrying the Rays. He's playing pretty good defense. He's n- Can't complain. Can't complain about Brandon Lowe right now. Yeah. Uh, third base. This is a little tougher one, but I'm probably going to go with Anthony Rendon. Uh, to be honest with you, I think I think that's the right choice. He's been on fire. I think he leads the league in on base percentage. Um, he's getting he's slugging five hundred. He's got an OPS of nine thirty five. He's slugging five hundred. He's got a two ninety one batting average. Um, he he I think he deserves it for me. And then for shortstop, staying with LA, I'm probably going to go with David Fletcher. Is he a shortstop or a second baseman? More of a second baseman. Oh, Simmons is that short. Oh, Simmons is. I know. I know. Simmons didn't play all that much um, because he he had a he had an injury. But who are you guys going to go with for a short shortstop? Tim Anderson for the White Sox. Oh, good pick. Is he that Francisco Lindor for me? Leading the American League in average, sitting over three forty. He's got he's got half a dozen home runs with a. Almost a dozen RBI, and his OPS is nearly a thousand. He's playing out of his mind. Um, he seems to always be on base when I'm watching the White Sox. Yeah, so I'd mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have to go with Tim Anderson. Um, outfielder or the three outfielders. Uh, yeah, well, obviously... way, and the best way to do outfielders is not go left, right, center. It's just yeah. really to list the top three outfielders. Exactly. So we're obviously going to see Mike Trout in of center. Of course, um, that's not even a question. Um, yeah. And I'm also I'm obviously going to go with uh, Kyle Lewis, my boy Kyle Lewis. Um, he's earned it. He's he definitely has earned it. He's he's my guy to win Rookie of the Year. Um, but Kyle Lewis is hitting well over 300. Um, he's 330, eight homers. Uh, you know, I, I love this guy. Um, 
He deserves it for me. And then who do you guys have for your third? Because this is where it gets kind of muddy. Ed, yeah, sure, but it's honestly kind of interesting to just look at this, considering the past couple of years it would just be Astros players, but none of them qualify, obviously. So it's actually kind of interesting to see who has properly earned their position in the outfield for the American League. Yeah. Um, my last, I would say for the last outfield spot, I'd probably go with uh, Luis Robert, who's probably oh, the rookie for the rookie of the year. Yeah, White Sox. Uh, his slash line is pretty crazy. It's pretty for a rookie, especially. He's hitting 295, 346 with a 607 slugging percentage, which is nearly a thousand OPS. Like that, that, that uh, White Sox lineup is just ridiculous. Yeah, he's like, he's, Betts and Tatis are the only two people ahead of him in war. He's got 2.2 war. Um, he's playing well. Yeah, wow. For rookie, crazy. Yeah. Uh, DH, I'd go Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz. hundred percent. Men's is doing it at 40 somehow. Yeah. And the one yeah, snub, the crazy. one guy who, the one snub honorable mention, I'd say, is probably Jose Abreu. For first base slash DH, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Besides that, I like the. I like I, another one is possibly DJ LeMahieu, um, oh, of wow. the Yankees, because he's he was doing well, but he got hurt, so he's playing really well though. But I'd still give it to Brandon Lowe over him. Yeah. Um. Oh, and for re- and for reliever Liam Hendricks for the A's has been pretty lights out for them. Yeah. This year, yeah, I keep wanting to say within the last month, but there's really only been like two months of the year, so (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's hard to say. But he's got he's got a he's got an ERA of just over one um, Mm -hmm. for 16 innings pitched. He's got he has 10 saves so far this year, which is a lot for where we're at. Only only has two earned runs, Um, so he's been he's been lights out with 23 strikeouts. So. He's been lights out for the A's. Yeah. Um, moving on to the NL. Yeah. Um, yeah. Into the NL. Who's who's got the ball for the NL All Star team? Who's on the mound? Um. This, this is where this is. This is really tough for me. Because there's a few names that come that pop out that are like, okay, obviously. Yeah. Um, I want to go with, uh, you know, Jacob deGrom is doing really well. Shocker, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, Trevor Bauer is also pitching really well for the Reds. Bunny um, Gray is also pitching well for the Rays. Yeah, and but I think I might actually give it to you, Darvish. That's who I was gonna go with of too. the Cubs. <laughs> I would not expect him, but I think he's he's his stats are crazy. He's six and one with two point. Uh, he's got two point one WAR, six and one with a one four seven ERA. He struck out fifty two guys in forty three innings, and his WHIP is exactly one. Um, and he's, you know, this is a this is a guy who could be you know a possible comeback player of the year because he hasn't been very healthy with the Cubs. Um, and he's really starting to pitch well now, and um, 
you know, he des- if there was an all-star game, he definitely deserved to uh, to uh, be starting. Um, but yeah, you Darvish gets the ball for me. Yeah, really hard award to give though, because I, I I could give it to Bauer, I could give it to Degrom, pretty much just as easily. Um, if you go to MLB at bat and you look at the stats page and you look at the NL pitching, it seems like there's a different pitcher leading in every in every statistic. Yeah, which just shows you how good the NL the the that, that top of the that top tier of NL pitching has been this year. Yeah. Um, catching for the NL All Star team. I think this one's pretty universal. We're all going to go with JT Real Muto. He's just yeah, the best catcher in the NL. Exactly. Probably the best catcher in the game, too. I mean, yeah, simple as that. And his numbers don't scream like amazing. He's hitting 266 with an 884 OPS, um, nine homers, 25 RBIs. It's not that's definitely not bad by any stretch, but it's not like amazing. You have to remember that catchers don't get nearly as many reps as um, as 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 other as other position players because they have to deal with the pitching and everything. Um, so even to hit, even to be like league average when it comes to the bat with catchers is something that's rare among the game, mm-hmm. and that's why JT Rodmuto definitely should be the starter for me um yeah he's a free agent at the end of the season i forgot about that um for uh for the for first base who are we going with uh i mean i think the first thing that comes to my head is freddie freeman freddie might, freeman yeah i'm not yeah. sure who else would be up for grabs in that spot but Freddie Freeman or Paul Goldsmith? Goldsmith? Uh, um, yeah, but I think, should, I, I think Freeman might be the better choice. He's got the hot hand lately, but Paul Goldsmith has been going crazy. Uh, oh. In his age 32 season, he's hitting 353 with three home runs, 11 RBI, and an OPS of over 1,000. Uh, wow. So just. He just thing is, plugging. Thing is, the thing is with Goldschmidt and that Cardinals team is that they have not played all that much. Yeah, um, that, is, that is a problem, too. So, yeah, I'd probably give it to Freeman. I mean, because he's played, he has 120 at-bats. He, he's He's been playing really well. The, the Braves have been playing really well, too, and he's a big reason of that. So um, I'd probably give the nod to Freeman, but I could definitely see why you, you'd give it to Goldschmidt. Honorable mention for that for first base is Reese Hoskins. Um, he's been having a pretty good year so far, too. He's in 270, 272 with six home runs, 18 RBI, and a 970 OPS. Um, and wow. It's good to see Reese Hoskins is a player we don't talk a lot about on this show, but he's he's been playing really well. Um, better, like... I remember he got a lot of buzz as a rookie um, and as a young player when he was first coming up and making moves. Uh, and then and then he's he's really kind of blossomed into a pretty good major league player. Yeah. Hey, he's you never hear about him all that much because of he's on that team with Harper and Real Muto and you know Andrew Ooh. McCutcheon. Um, so yeah, it's good to see. Um, 
second base. Here's where I think we're going to see a lot of Padres because I, I have Jake Cronenworth as a yeah, starting second baseman. I got Cronenworth. You know, I'm I'm just going to give it to you straight right now. I'm, I'm going to put Cronenworth at second, Tatis at shortstop, and Machado at third. Yep, I have that too. Uh, same here. Yeah. We don't even need to waste that. That yeah. Padres infield is disgustingly good. Cronenworth's been going off. He's got a 356 batting average. Four dingers, 17 runs batted in, a 10.34 OPS um, as a rookie, too. Um, he's been going off, and we don't even need to talk about Tatis or, or Machado. It's just the Padres' middle infield is disgusting, yeah. and it's going to be for a long time. Because um, yeah. Machado, I know that Machado, you know, it's crazy. Machado hasn't, you know, Machado's been in the league for a while, but. He's only uh, he's twenty eight. He just turned twenty eight, which is so like that, the middle of your prime. So that 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 infield is going to be oh boy, uh, plenty plenty good and fun to watch for the next few years. And I just um, want to just just because of how much Tatis has been playing, like how well he's been playing, I just think it's worth mentioning his. His National League ranks are, he is ninth in batting average, he's first in home runs, he's first in RBI, he's first in runs scored, he's just, he he's 11th, he's tied for 11th in on-base percentage, he's just been playing out of his mind at one of the most, at the premier position in baseball. Yeah. Um, outfield for the, na- for the National League. Um. Charlie Blackman. Yeah, I think Charlie Blackman belongs there. I also think uh, Mookie Betts belongs there. And I think and, Juan God, he's going to the AL. Holy shit. And, uh, and I think I'm, I'm torn between Juan Soto and Bryce Harper. And that's funny because those are two names that you think about them and you just automatically think, oh yeah, these for the Nationals. But Soto's been probably the best hitter in the game right now, but Harper has had such a good year. I'm probably going to give it to Soto because he's he has not had very many at-bats because he tested positive for COVID uh, on opening day. But um, he's hitting 367 right now, 25, 11 homers, 25 RBIs, 452 on base, 800 slugging, a 12, 1250 OPS, and he's, he's in 90 at-bats, he has 11 home runs. So actually, I take that back. I'm definitely picking this guy. I don't know what I was saying. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> definitely taking Juan Soto at yeah. for that uh, last spot in the outfield. He's been he's, his hitting has been unbelievable. He leads he leads the NL in uh, in slugging OPS. Uh, he's second in average to his uh, teammate Trey Turner. Trey Turner's also been playing really well this year. Um, he's probably an honorable mention for shortstop. He's in 371 with seven home runs and 18 RBI. Uh, so just really balling out. Yeah, I didn't even know that. He's he's approaching 400. Um, Charlie Blackman was at 400 for a while, but he's been he's been slowing down. Here's um, a good yeah, but yeah, still no. going out of, out of his mind. Yeah. Here's a good and, question. Well, who's your yeah. DH for the NL? Oh, that's, that's true. I, 
Yeah, because this would be the first um, DH. Do that. <laughs> um, I remember Jose looking Abreu? at his numbers. Jose Abreu's on the White Sox. Oh, you're right, my bad. Um, I remember looking at the numbers, and I was probably thinking Dominic Smith on the Mets because mm-hmm. he's doing well. Seven homers, 26 RBIs. He's at an OPS near 1,100, and he's hitting 326. Um, but I, that's I remember looking at that. I like Jesse Winker uh, on the Reds. He's hitting 327 with 10 home runs and an OPS of 1,100. Um, just playing really well. I think he's he plays a little outfield too, but for the NL, I think that's that's the way to go. So, and then relief pitcher for the NL, it's got to be Jansen, right? Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen has been having a really, really good year. He's got an ERA in low ones, I think. Yeah, and you're right. That is kind of surprising because he, he's been having a tough few years. But I mean, he's been struggling with heart surgery, right? I mean, every year it's kind of been a theme. So I think uh, this one's great to see him performing. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I guess I'll list off the teams that we picked. Um, for the AL, Shane Bieber starting. Austin Nolo's doing the catching. Luke Voigt's at first. Brandon Lau's at second. Low Lau, I don't know, is at second. Uh, Anthony Rendon's at third. Tim Anderson is at short. The outfield consists of Mike Trout, Kyle Lewis, and uh, Luis Robert. And then Nelson Cruz is DHing. As for the NL, Yu Darvish is starting. JT Realmuto is catching him. Freddie Freeman's at first. Cronenworth is at second. Uh, Manny Machado's at third, and Tatis is Manny short. In the outfield, you have Blackman, Betts, and uh, who was our last guy? Uh, Soto. Soto. And then for DH, who do we go with? Dom Smith or... uh, I I, got to go Jesse Winker. Jesse Winker? Jesse Winker bandwagon. All right. right. Jesse Winker. And then Jansen is... uh, uh, Hendricks is going to close for the AL, and Jansen is going to close for the... NL. So that's the uh, that those are the All Star teams we came up with. Those are the people that we think are deserving. I think the NL would actually beat the AL. It's been like a while since that's happened. If I'm not wrong, if that was like the true team to come out, I think the NL would actually beat the AL. Yeah, that's a, that. That's fair. Um, yeah, you know, AL's got three first time All Stars. Or actually five. Um, I forgot about the outfield, but um, yeah, I could see that. I think mm-hmm. it's interesting that Acuna is not on this list. We didn't even think of Ronald Acuna. Oh yeah, also Cody Bellinger. Yeah, we didn't even think of Bellinger at all. We not we didn't think of Christian Yelich at all. Yeah. Um, just goes to show. I mean, those guys. I'm not. I don't want to call them one-year players but are like flukes because they're definitely not but goes to show how how different this season is you know yeah Yeah. these are the hardest players right now i think it also speaks volume to who was able to stay ready the best during the shutdown yeah true um 
So with that, I think that concludes our episode. Um, yes, sir. If you like this podcast, you can follow, subscribe to our YouTube, at The Dugout Discussion. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, whenever. You can follow me on Instagram, at Noah Koffler. You can follow me at jcrossor on Instagram. And I am Max Gordon with two R's on Instagram. And with that, we will see you whenever we see you next for Season 2, Episode 4.